Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Good day, Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. All right, so we have a lot of stuff to cover today. We've got to talk about constitutional carry, uh, which is actually dead in the state of Texas. We're going to tell you why. And a lot of people are blaming this on the speaker, Dennis Bonham. But it's not just the speaker. There are a whole lot of other people that are involved and that are responsible for killing this. And, you know, some of that, I actually got that on recording. And also, I want to talk to Stormy Rodriguez. She's with Turning Point USA from Texas State. What in the world is going on at Texas State? Are they trying to kill free speech? Well, you know what? The governor has something to say. And it has something to do with some funding that the Texas State is receiving. And maybe they won't get it if they're going to kill free speech. Also, there are some bills before the Texas legislature uh, this week that are going to go to the committee. And you may want to check them out. Going to tell you some of those bills that are going to concern you. There's some great stuff. There's some bad stuff. We got to, you know, get that good stuff across the finish line. And that bad stuff, we got to kill it right there in the committee. So we're going to talk about that as well. But first, let me bring into the conversation Stormy Rodriguez from Turning Point USA at Texas State uh, welcome, Stormy. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Oh, doing wonderful. So what in the world, Stormy, is going on at Texas State University? Texas State has just become an example to the rest of the country about what happens when you try to step on students' constitutional right to the First Amendment. Uh, which is like, <laughs> we don't like what you're saying, so we want to, you know, shut your voice down. That is crazy. Yep, the student government just passed legislation this past Monday to ban Turning Point USA, a conservative organization on campus. Hold on, you talking about banning an organization just because you don't like what they're saying? Because initially, when I read, when you read the headlines, they're saying that, hey, Turning Point USA, they're being racist and all this, all this kind of crazy stuff. So tell me, how is Turning Point being racist in their eyes? Um, they say that we support white supremacy, which is hilarious, considering I'm Hispanic and my vice president is a black woman. <laughs> Boy, they didn't like that, did they? That tells you everything right there. <laughs> wow. Oh, man, that's hilarious. I love it. I love it. I, pe- you know, people do this all the time. They have no idea what they're talking about, and they just come up with these words, hateful, mean words, talking about organizations, and they're absolutely wrong. But you know what? Felicia, 
You went to Texas State University. That's your alma mater. What's going on there? I really am not sure what's going on. I went to Texas State. Um, I was a Republican on campus. And, God, this didn't happen when I was there. I'm probably about to age myself. I look, you know, 21, but I'm not. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, it was it was fantastic, you know? Like, we, the Republicans on campus would work with organizations, you know? We worked to get fluoride out of the water in San Marcos, so that was really cool. Um, but we would also work to advocate for diversity on campus. We would work with different pride organizations. So the fact that since I left Texas State in December of 2014, how we've done such a 180, I mean, thank you for fighting for, you know, rights of conservatives on campus because I know there's been a lot going on in Hayes County with the primary and the general election and there not being enough um, voting booths on campus. And there was a whole whole situation there with the Republican Party. So thank you for standing strong and fighting for free speech. Um, not just for you and your organization, but for all the conservative organizations on campus. And so, you know, the governor has come out and said, hey, you know, Texas State University, you may want to be careful because you're expecting some type of funding. And if you want to get this funding, you may not want to stifle, you know, free speech. But, you know, let, I want to go back to Stormy, you know, and I want you to tell me how did this all, you know, pan out this week? Because on Monday it was crazy. Or it was a little quiet, and it just gradually became crazy throughout the week. So on April 1st is when the legislation was first read and put forward, and at that time, no one really knew about it. Um, this past Monday is when it was passed, though, and when I was leaving the student government meeting, there was a crowd of individuals who were waiting for me to cuss me out and scream racial slurs and mm. to make threats. Even one man hit his chest in a challenge to fight me. All very dramatic. And that was caught on video by myself. And since then, the video has gone a little bit viral. And now, all across the country, people are looking at Texas State and watching what's happening here as an example of what happens at other uh, universities elsewhere. Yeah, this is crazy. You know, you're talking men, you know, who are, or just, no, I shouldn't say that, but people that are, that are coming up and saying, hey, you know, because they don't like what you're saying that you're conservative, basically what it boils down to. It's it's not it's not that you're saying anything mean, you're not saying anything hateful, you're actually you're you're saying facts and the fact that they don't like what you're saying, they want to silence your voice. And that's not what this country that's not what we're all about here. No, um I got through four words of my introduction when I spoke at the student government meeting. I said I'm the president of Turning Point USA and that right there is when I got my first cuss word yelled at me. Uh, these individuals had to be escorted out because they kept booing and chanting and hissing at me. And unfortunately, they were waiting for me when I left so that way they could continue that afterwards. But I think that tells you everything you need to know about what's happening on college campuses right now. Mm, un you know, that's just insane. And so, you know, Gary, you know, what's your thoughts about it? You're, you know, University of Texas. There was a very similar situation that happened. It played out at Berkeley a couple months ago with a guy named Hayden Williams. He was also for Turning Point USA, except the outcome was a little bit worse. He had a booth set up, and a guy who was a little bit bigger than him showed up, flipped over his table. He had a couple, you know, cronies with him, and they ended up m mugging this guy, basically. I mean, they, they tried to take his backpack, and he ended up having a big fat black eye. It, it's, it's happening. There's a lot of examples of this happening. Anytime Ben Shapiro speaks somewhere, there's basically a riot. Uh, Michael J. Knowles recently. I'm not. I don't. I'm not even really familiar with who this guy is, but he just spoke at a at a 
at some sort of event, and somebody showed up with a not a not a gun, but a some sort of a weird weapon, and the security tackled him, and then all the other protesters were standing around holding their hands up, saying, "Hands up, don't shoot." I mean, this is happening time and time and time again. It happened with YCT at UT as well. And they ripped their sign in half. And the girl that ripped the sign in half was part of the UT student government. Oh, wow. You know, this, it, this at some point, you know, this is assault. You know, at some point, you know, the administration needs to step up for those people who are just merely speaking their mind, their voice, and doing it in a peaceful manner. You know, at some point, someone somewhere... You know, you got to say something. And I'm glad the governor, the governor of Texas is coming out. And he's saying, you know what, if you're going to do this at Texas State University, then you know what? You don't deserve the funding that's supposed to come to that university. If you're going to shut down some of those voices, then you don't deserve that funding. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Peace, this is Maj Toure. You're listening to Come and Talk at Radio with Michael Cargill. Talk 1370. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back. We're talking with Stormy Rodriguez. She's the president for uh, Turning Point USA at Texas State University. Uh, but you know what? You know, constitutional carry seems to be the talk of the town for the last two weeks. And a lot of people don't understand that House Bill 365 is dead. And the reason that bill is going to be dead is not really because of the speaker, you know, not just because of the speaker of the Texas House. It's going to be because, one, um, a lot of your, your your people in the House don't like the bill author, you know, with this Jonathan Stickland. They feel that someone else should be the sponsor of that bill. And then also... There's no one on the Senate side that actually, you know, has started the bill. You know, there's no Senate version of this bill at all. So the, you know, the momentum that was in last session is really not in this session. And that's really what the problem is. So it's going to take the people, the activists, the people that are, you know, really wanting this to get done, you know, going to have to do a little more groundwork and work on the Senate. And get the Senate involved and get the Senate sponsor for this bill. Also, the House, maybe get a different sponsor for the bill in the House. And because you have, you know, with and people saying, you know, hey, you know, the problem is this, the speaker. We need to change speakers. Well, we you know what? We just went through that. That was the problem last session. We had a different speaker last session. This session, we have a totally different speaker. And it's still ha- we're still having the same problem. So we need to get that momentum in the House. Get someone over the Senate. And get this going because the governor doesn't seem like it's one of his priorities, especially when, you know, he signaled that someone should be fired from the Texas Republican Party because their stance on the Second Amendment is a lot stronger than his. So that says a lot. Guys might want to take a look at that. So there's a whole big picture of this. You just can't blame this on one person. All right. So now, Stormy, Stormy Rodriguez, you, you just I tell you, you're getting a lot of flack from Texas State University. And it just floors me that people feel that 
they can silence your voice just because they disagree with what you're saying. And I just honestly, I just can't understand that at all. No, I completely understand. You know, if I see someone walking around campus in a Bernie Sanders T-shirt, I never feel the urge to yell at them, never feel the urge to silence them because that is their constitutional right to express their beliefs. But apparently that does not apply to college conservatives anymore. And I think that's why it's great that President Trump has signed the executive order in support of free speech because that's protecting students like me and all across the country. So that's great to see. I was really... I I had mixed feelings about President Trump's executive order because, one... It's the First Amendment of the Bill of Rights. We shouldn't have to have an executive order that's going to say what our founding fathers already said, right? But I'm interested. Do you have any supporters? Did RPT send out anyone to support you? TBUSA headquarters? um, Young conservatives? Young Republicans? Did anyone come to your aid? Did anyone say, hey, Stormy, other than on social media, because actions speak louder than words, did anyone show up and say, hey, we have your back? I'm going to be honest with you, in that hour before um, the bill was read, I cried. I thought I was going to be in this alone, but thankfully our local college Republicans chapter and our local Young Conservatives of Texas chapter, they were with me every step of the way. They tabled with me that week. They spoke out in support of us during the public forum of the Student Government Meeting. And Turning Point USA did send Rob Smith, who is one of our spokespersons, onto campus to talk about it um, this past, I think, Tuesday or Wednesday. So we have gotten a lot of support. I mean, a lot of it is via social media, but it has been great to see those people who are out there in the quad with me at the Student Government Meeting standing by me when all of these things are being shouted at me. And I'll be grateful for them. (laughs) So this is obviously a problem. Conservatives can't you know wear our MAGA hats not that I own one but we can't wear MAGA hats or our Ted Cruz shirts or any of shirts especially here in Austin and obviously Texas State without fearing that there might be some physical or verbal repercussions for that you know President Trump signed his executive order Governor Abbott has given his lip service to it where do we go from here what can we do what can RPT do you know they're the governing body of Republicans across the state of Texas What can they do to help the youth? Like, what can we do to help you and stand with you? I definitely say take a stronger stance. You know, it's not just about social media posts saying, oh, we support you. No, I want to see you on the campus. I want to see you talking to students. I want to see you making an effort. Because if you don't, if we don't ever actually see you, how can we know that you're standing with us? A lot of the time, being a college conservative does feel very lonely. It feels like we don't have the support of people on any other level of, like, you know, either the party or the conservative movement. And so, you know, come to our meetings, come talk to us out on the quad, and actually make your presence known. Because if not, we're basically just existing on our own on this campus. And what advice would you give to other young conservatives and young Republicans out there who may be going through similar, smaller scale issues and they don't know what to do? Um, One, reach out to your local officials because that is the best way to make your university realize that this is actually a big deal because it is your constitutional right. But also to just stand strong in your beliefs. You know, I understand that it's scary. I was scared in that video. I was genuinely scared for my life and what was going to happen to me. But if you stand strong and you hold your head up high and know that the U.S. Constitution is on your side, then you will win in the end. Sue them. (laughs) Sue the school. If it comes to that, do that. (laughs) There's a group called Speech First that's suing UT right now for chilling free speech on campus. They've already gone through a lawsuit with Michigan and... I think that's a proper step to take if you think your First First Amendment rights are being violated. Okay. All right. And so, um, you know, what I want to do is I want to 
get my caller. No? Okay. All right, so I got a caller I'm waiting on because you guys, man, I got a story to tell you. Uh, it's going to be a really good one. And I want you guys to really listen to what this young lady has to say. Um, but Stormy, let me go back to you uh, while we're still waiting on our caller there. So you're, you are getting support from Turning Point USA, but we're not really getting support from like places like the party and stuff like that, you know, conservative party, you know, the conservative organizations. Uh, so what about what if I want to get a group of people together, put on some MAGA hats and go down to Texas State University? I think if you want to come to a meeting, if you want to talk on the quad with people and ask them what they think of the First Amendment, you're more than welcome to do so. You know, I think what this has done at Texas State is start a conversation about the First Amendment, which is great because for so long, students weren't even realizing that the possibility of a university, you know, blocking their free speech was a thing. They thought it was automatically protected. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, I just, you know, for some reason, I just, you know, want to go down to the university and just, you know, and I'm not even a big, huge fan, but I just want to read a MAGA hat. It's just, it's calling, it's just, it's saying Michael, come to us. I don't know if you know this, but Michael's kind of a troublemaker. Um, <laughs> maybe let's not send him down there in a MAGA hat Do and it. his open carry. Um, we can't open. You can't open carry. <laughs> I'm coming. I'm coming. <laughs> oh, God. Um, one last question. What would you, what advice, because I know that we have some people who aren't, really left or really right who listen to the show, what would you give to those people who are left of center, but they're not radical center that we're seeing now? There's definitely an opportunity here for them to step up and be like, look, we don't have to agree, but we also don't have to be jerks about it. So one, what would you say to them? And then what would you say to the people who have been haggling you on campus? You have like a huge platform right now, right? Like yeah. say it, we're not going to throw things at you, I swear. Um, I've seen a lot of support actually from leftists. There's a straight up like card carrying communist on campus who agrees that <laughs> that passing this legislation was wrong and that we should have the right to be on campus. So credit to those people. Um, but to the rest of the students who think that just because they find something offensive or find something wrong that they can silence students and think it's okay to like insult my physical appearance um, in person and on social media and to like basically harass me in public, I'm sorry, but in the end, you don't win. In the end, I have state officials on my side. I have the U.S. Constitution on my side. And in the end, you're just going to have to learn that the real world is harsh. There's going to be things you're not going to like. And a college campus is the perfect place to realize that and just to learn how to um, listen to different opinions without wanting to push them away. And I think this is going to make you a stronger person, you know, because uh, seeing how, you know, people are treating you in, in this situation like this, uh, it, it, to me, it, just, it comes no surprise. It's so typical uh, of the left to do something like that and leftist organizations to be like that. I hate to say that, but it's true. And so I think you're going to become a stronger person you know, from this, and you're going to go on to do better and greater things. And I'm willing to bet you're going to get an awesome position from somewhere you know, out of this situation mm -hmm. because someone's going to see that, you know what, she stood strong, and she didn't blink, she didn't waver at all. Um, and I'm just wondering, have you got any offers out there? I will actually, in August, be starting a position as a field director for Turning Point USA out of Houston. So I'm very excited and grateful that, that for that because this organization has stood by me in this fight, and I can't wait to stand by other students um, now as a full-time uh, worker for them. And see, that that's great. So I knew, you know, that it makes sense. You know, the fact that you're standing strong, you're doing you, 
you're you're not wavering at all. You know, you're you're believing in something and you're standing by 100% what's you know, and you're just not letting them push you in a different direction. And I really like that. And I've been to Texas State University. I think I go every um every year to speak to Turning Point USA uh, to the organization out there and I really enjoy it. Um I think they're the only group I actually speak to at Texas State University, unlike some of the other campuses. Have I been Young Conservatives of Texas. Is it Young Conservatives? Okay. All right. So, all right. So, yeah, I, I forget. <laughs> I'm, it's dementia setting in as I just turned 50. You have to forgive me at times. Uh, but, yeah, you know, it's it's just, it's great. You know, I love it. All right. So we're talking with Stormy Rodriguez. She's the president of Turning Point USA, Texas State University. We're talking about free speech. It's trying to, they're trying to silence that on college campuses. Well, the governor has come out and he said, you know what? Maybe we should pull some funding from these universities that are stifling free speech. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Yo, what's going on, guys? It's Chad Jones here, and I get my gun news from Michael Cargill on Come and Talk It. Thirteen seventy. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. That's right. We're back. We're talking with uh, Stormy Rodriguez. She's the president for Turning Point USA at Texas State University. Our call in number is 512-543-2284. That's 512-543-2284. Come and talk it. You know what? But let me bring up to the mic, Janai, my co-host Janai, you know, there's a lot going on at the Capitol this session. And they're talking about, well, that's really not a lot going on. They're really not doing anything. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's it's, it's funny. They're really not doing a whole bunch at all. You know, this session they're talking about, yeah, we're going to do something about property taxes. And they're just talking about it. And nothing's really happening. The wheel's not turning. No, and they're talking about raising sales tax to negate some of the effects of reducing property taxes. That's not... That, that's so it, and it doesn't make sense. The math, doesn't make sense. the math doesn't make sense because if more people are moving to to Texas, more companies are moving to Texas. Why are we raising anything? I have no idea. Why don't they just stop spending as much money? I, I those property taxes are ridiculous. I own properties, and and I have to tell you, I'm selling them all, and I'm going to reposition myself and buy properties elsewhere. It's getting crazy because it's I, like I've said a thousand times, I can't raise my rents. At the same percentage rate as the property taxes go up. So what happens for me as someone that has rental properties, I'm making less and less money. I could put my money in the market right mm. now and make more money. If you're if you're living in the home, it's still it's a huge increase every year. Huge. And, w- and what's going to happen is we're going to be forced, you know, small business owners that are from Texas are going to be forced to sell their small business to someone from California. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's what this is going to turn out. To I'm be. selling my business. I'm getting sick and tired of, of of all the downtown that's downtown. All the all the policies they have for businesses are so ridiculous. Like, I'm glad they've done something with the sick leave thing finally. But 
I just got something, and I can't, sometimes, honestly, I can't even keep up with the rules that they have. I just got something, and it said I was late, um, having to do with, um, supposedly, I'm supposed to have some sort of uh, policy in place for um, how I'm going to uh, do recycling at my store. I was like, I, okay, I didn't know, but I'll, fine, I'll take care of it. And and some sort of educational procedure for for my staff. And this is from the city? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Also for um composting. That's the one that that that's what I'm talking about. Composting. I, I there you're not. Well, we have very little waste at my store to begin with, which is amazing. But um yeah, they have some. I don't. I haven't even read it yet, to be honest. I don't recycle. I throw it all in the trash. <laughs> don't even get me Come started for me. on Come recycling. Come for me. <laughs> yeah, the city of Austin passed a city ordinance. I want to say about twelve to eighteen months ago, saying that. Restaurants and stores in Austin city limits cannot throw away food waste. Yeah, like you can't throw it away. You have to recycle, then you have to compost whatever food waste you have, and then you can actually have your trash. But it should be the smallest of the three. I'm not following your stupid little rules, you know. And I, 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 I I've, it's funny. I go downtown I, on Congress there, and I look at all these little signs about, oh, you know, this is a community restroom, and I, was, I separate mine. I have a male's restroom and a female's restroom, and I'm not changing my signs. Oh, I agree. <laughs> I'm not changing Don't, it. That's now, what are you going to do? I need a third bathroom, Mike. Yeah, you're not coming. And they're not coming into my business either. I carry a gun. I'm not letting you in. You're, I'm <laughs> not changing recycle. my signs. And I don't recycle. I throw everything in the trash. Now, what are you going to do? Tell they, me what to you do. You can get in trouble. They came in my <laughs> store. It's been a, a year and I fixed it, but I didn't know. There again, I didn't know that they changed the policy because when I opened my store, we had to have a male and a female restroom. And then this... Somewhere in between there, they changed to where I could not have that. But I never took the signs off each door. And um, someone came in from the city and said that we were reported. And I all I had to do was go buy a sign that literally just said restroom. But, yeah, they come in. Somebody People will, will report you. What happens when you get reported? He gave me uh, a week to change the sign. And if not, I would have uh, had a fine imposed on me. I don't, a, I don't remember. Which is a class C misdemeanor of, you know, what the amount is? I No, I don't remember what the amount was. I changed. Probably. I'll let you know when I, I see don't it. Know. So you can't have gendered bathrooms? No. no. Uh-uh. Not in Austin. Wow. And even at the Capitol. They do it at the Capitol. You go to the Capitol and there's like, a, this is a family restroom here. And I'm like, you know, the Capitol. Are you you people serious at the Capitol? I laugh at them. You know, you know how angry this makes me seriously? Like, Here's my thoughts on this. I have nothing against anyone, their lifestyle, whatever. But look, I majored in biology. You're either a man or a woman, okay? Unless you were born a certain way, that's fine. But five one two five four three two two eight four. We we had a male and a female restroom, and I would always go in the female restroom, and I never had to deal with urine on the seat. Mm. Because the male's restroom had a urinal. It starts fights in homes. I Now, every time I go to the restroom, I have to constantly put the seat down. There's urine because I'm not going to spend the money. I'm not required to put a urinal in both bathrooms, and so I did not. That would be a huge expense. Um, so men will go in the what used to be the ladies' room, and they lift the seat. There's urine on the floor, mm. and I have to do with this. Why? Because somebody mm-hmm. doesn't want to be referred to as a male or a female. It is so ridiculous mm. that I can't even 
Yeah, it just drives me nuts. I agree with you. It's somebody has to be uncomfortable, right? So the person that says that they're a, a woman and they're but they define themselves as a man or whatever, they're uncomfortable going into whatever bathroom, right? That's a mental health issue. So I'm a female, and I so now I have to be uncomfortable, and I wonder why me who is going by what I was biologically born as, why I have to be the one that's uncomfortable. Yeah, Gary, why does she have to be the one that's uncomfortable? Pass. <laughs> it's like, I'm not getting in that fight. Don't be scared. 512-543-2284. Because you're not special, Janai. Yeah, okay. It's, I, I, honestly, yeah. It's, it, it, when you get to that point, you know, some of that stuff is going to be mental health issues. You know, with people. That's a it, controversial statement, Mike. Hey, it is what it is. <laughs> you know, because... <laughs> You know, if it bothers you that much, you know, I go to a restroom, I look at a sign and, you know, I go to the men's restroom. You know, that's what it is. I don't I don't want to see that at my house. It, honestly, that does start. It starts fights at home. <laughs> that's toxic masculinity. Yeah, if you don't lift this, if you don't lift the seat, it starts a fight. Does it not toxic max? What? I can't even say the word <laughs> toxic. masculinity. <laughs> I, can't even, I can't even say the word. It's not toxic, you know, and, and, and I'm 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 nice to everybody. You know, I, I at least I think so. You know, what do you think, Felicia? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Michael's the nicest person I know. Shaking my head on the live feed, no, he's he's not. nice to nice people. Oh, so that's why right? he's not nice to me. Uh, it all makes uh, sense now. All right. <laughs> so uh, you know, it, it's I, honestly I, I just don't get it. I don't get what the issue is. I don't know why the city has to walk into your business and tell your business, you know, the business owner. You know what to do inside their building. You know I still understand that. If people don't like what you do in the business, you know what? Don't shop there. If you don't like that, there's the wrong sign on the restroom. You know what? Don't pee there. Don't give them your money. Do business somewhere else. You know what? If you don't like my sign, I don't like you, and I don't want you in my business. That's what I say. You know, don't do business with me. <laughs> if you don't like my politics, you don't like the things that I say. You don't like what I do because you know what? I'm not going to change what I say. I'm not going to change what I do. That's what I got to say. <coughs> Get me all riled up, making myself mad. I will say, as someone who has been following the state legislature this session pretty closely, that is one thing that the Senate is doing correctly. They have been working very hard on making sure that city ordinances are not infringing upon the rights of local businesses. So here in Austin, um, several Austin biz businesses sued the city and took it to the third court of appeals to make sure that the paid sick leave ordinance was not ever enforced. And so now legislation was actually filed in the Senate to make it to where they can't tell you that you have to give your employees paid sick leave and puts a little bit more of the um, trust back between the employee and the employer say, hey, I don't need a whole lot of sick time. I'm healthy. Give me more PTO days. Give me more flex time. Give me a higher hourly rate wage, and then I won't. I won't take off days. So I think that's one thing, um, potentially among a few others, that the state legislature is doing right. And two of those bills were actually passed off the Senate floor last week, and the other two are expected to pass off the Senate floor this next week, and then they'll go to the House and hopefully become legislation signed in by Greg Abbott at the end of session. I'll tell you, and the, you know, the good thing that's happened this week, we have uh, quite a few bills that are actually going to committee. So if you're if you're wanting your voice to be heard about, you know, some changes in our laws, there's a House Bill 1126 
That's going to the Judicial and Civil Jurisprudence uh, Committee on Monday at 8 a.m. And all you have to do really with all these committees is go there on your way to work. Go down to the Texas Capitol. You can sign up in support of or uh, against a particular bill. You don't have to testify, and then you can go on to work. You don't have to stick around. But at least you can sign up your support for it or you're, you're against it. And then just head on to work and sit back and, you know, go about your day. So House Bill 1126 is relating to the civil liability of certain businesses in connection with allowing concealed handguns on the business premises. What this bill does is is saying, hey, you know, if the business does not, if they don't post the 30.0607 sign. Well, let's see. Let me turn it around. If they do post a 30.0607 sign, they may be held, you know, maybe responsible if something does happen to you. You know, it clarifies the business owner. have They have no liability if they refuse to post that sign. So if they refuse to post a 30.0607 sign, then they have no liability. You can't come to them and say, hey, you know, a license holder carried a gun in here and, you know, you're you're liable for that. Well, this helps us out. You know, I like this bill, 1126. You might want to go and support it. It's by, it's by Cecil Bell. And then we have um, in the Senate State Affairs Committee on Monday at 830 a.m., there's Senate Bill 1691 by uh, Senator Fallon. It's relating to expediting processing of certain applications for a license to carry handgun waiving fees. And basically, it's an emergency handgun license for applicants seeking a protective order. So if you have a protective order and you're trying to get your license because something happened to you, this is going to expedite it and get it to you and reduce the fee. You know, this is a great bill, you know, especially for those ladies out there. Something's happened to you. Uh, the young lady I was hoping that was going to call in today had a great story of something happened to her and her daughter. And her daughter has a protective order against this young man. And this will allow her to get her handgun license in a short amount of time. All right. So we're going to talk about this. Got some other bills I want to lay out for you and let you hear them. And so that you can go down to the Capitol and either sign up to testify for, testify against or just not testify and just be in support of or against a particular bill. This is Michael Cargill and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Hello, this is Gerald Darty, and I'm the Precinct 3 County Commissioner here in Travis County, and you're listening to Come and Talk It. Talk 1370. Shotgun Willis, it's around in his underwear. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so, uh, man, anyone going to watch uh, the Game of Thrones today? Uh, no! Yeah. I, l- I love Game I got- of Thrones. Yes! Man, who's your favorite character? Game of Thrones, come on. Oh, I like uh, the Onion Knight. Drago. The, the Onion Knight. Who's <laughs> yeah, Onion Knight? That's uh, what's his name? Sir Davos. He has his uh, fingers cut off, and he wears them in a bag around his neck. Okay, I don't know who that is. I can't I think of who I that can't is. Think of who it is. He's either. the the Irish guy. He used to be the hand of Stannis. Oh, okay, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and then you said who? Drago. Drago's dead, isn't he? I know. He? Long time ago. I know. Season one. <laughs> I, you asked who my favorite was, and I said Drago. Oh, because he's got 23-inch arms. <laughs> 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 who you got, Stormy? 
Sansa Stark is a underweighted queen, and she deserves the throne. Just throwing it out there. <laughs> I tell you, Arya. I like Arya. See, <laughs> she, she is. Uh, she's awesome. She doesn't. She doesn't play around. Who you got? Ah, uh, come on. Okay. Um, I've never watched Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> never mind. I don't watch it. <laughs> Oh, shame on you! How can you not? Oh my goodness, game! Of, and and then I like uh, uh, the the dragon mother. Uh, oh, the queen of dragons! I love her. She's like she's, yeah, I love her. Yeah, that's my favorite. Yeah, if I was to get married, that's who I'd get married to. The queen of dragons. Yeah, that's <laughs> she's pretty bossy. She she is. Uh -huh. I like that. I like him bossy. <laughs> yeah, she is. She is awesome. And then the way she commands the dragons, how oh, can you not like that? Whew. Man, I tell you. It does some pull. It, ooh, definitely some pull. It, it digs deep for you. All right, so uh, and, and so everyone's going <laughs> to everyone's gonna watch it tonight? I'm just wondering if we should leave him alone with his mic and his thoughts about, <laughs> about Mother of Dragons or yeah. Making whatever. Making noises. Ooh. ooh. I know. Ooh, yeah. I'm like, I don't, I don't feel comfortable sitting this close to you anymore. You're... <laughs> No, thank you. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so we're talking about uh, some bills that are before the the Texas House and Texas Senate. They're going to com different committees this week. Uh, we have uh, the, let's see, 14 House Bill 1445 by Rosenthal. Uh, it's going to criminal jurisprudence on Monday at 2 p.m. And relating to the prohibiting carrying of a firearm while intoxicated, creating an offense. Now, this would add long guns to the prohibited list. So the way the law is right now is that if you're a license holder and you're carrying a handgun, there's no limit for you. You can't be intoxicated while you're carrying a handgun as a license holder. So what this does is it adds long guns to that. And I, that's kind of dangerous. Got to be careful of that one. So, And I don't think people are reading this right because it says firearm. Whenever the Texas Penal Code says firearm, they're talking handguns and long guns. So if they were to say, you know, relating to prohibiting carrying of a handgun while intoxicated, that would mean something else. But it actually says firearms. So it's talking handguns and long guns. So we actually got to kill this bill because now that, <laughs> that keeps me from bringing my Mossberg shockwave, you know, when I go out to have a couple of drinks. So, yeah, I, I definitely want to do that. And then, uh, and on Homeland Security on Wednesday, at eight o'clock, we have House Bill 2949 relating to a license to carry of a handgun for a person who is at increased risk of becoming a victim of violence. What it does, it adds an identifier on their license, seems like to me. Adds something on the license, and it expedites the processing of the license within 10 days. So if you're in fear of, you know, some type of violence or something like that, you can actually get your license within 10 days. That is great. That is unheard of. So I think that's going to be great for people that are, you know, in some type of, you know, had some type of incident happen. So we got to definitely support that bill. That's House Bill 2949. And then there's also House Bill 1791 by Krauss relating to the carrying of handguns by license holders on property owned or leased by a government entity. Now, what this does, this strengthens the language for government entities that try to prohibit license holders from carrying on the premises. So this is this is one of those you know, it's going to be one of those bills that the city of Austin hates. So this will help us out in fixing some of the, the problems that we have here in Austin. We don't have to take them to court as much. And then House Bill 4428 by Tinderholt, uh, relating to the application of eligibility for an, an expiration of a license to carry a handgun. So this one's okay. There's, uh, I don't know, some, there's something about this that I'm just not feeling it, so I'm going to have to check with the attorneys on that one. 
So, but it's by Tenderholt, so you would think it would be okay, but I just have some doubts about it. I'm not sure which direction they're trying to go with this or what they're actually trying to fix. Then there's House Bill 1713, bad bill. This is a bad one. It's relating to the requiring a person convicted of an offense involved family violence or a felony or a person who is the subject of a protective order to surrender firearms owned by that person. So, you know, instead of coming after you for everything, they're just going to come after just your guns. Um, and then this is, you know, you're, you haven't, there's no due process here. You haven't been convicted of a crime and they want to take your guns and then the process you're getting them back, there is no process for you to get them back. It's actually going to be difficult for you to get them back. So this is a terrible bill. Then there's House Bill 257 by Blanco relating to a policy requiring public and private primary and secondary schools and public junior colleges to provide local law enforcement agencies certain information regarding certain individuals authorized to carry a handgun on the campus. Now, what this does is House Bill 257 by Blanco. This is a bad bill. It's a terrible bill. What it does is it gives a list of people, list of names of people that actually have a license to carry handgun who can actually carry you know, in the school. And to me, this is a, you don't need this. This is a bill that you don't need because if there's some type of emergency, something happens at the elementary school, middle school, high school, and if it's a school marshal or someone else at the school that is licensed uh, to actually carry the handgun in the school, no one's going to care at the moment things are happening. They're not going to say, hold on, I'm responding to, you know, little elementary school in, in Texas here. Let me check and see who's eligible to carry a gun before I go on the campus. They're coming in hot and heavy. Your job as a gun owner, a person who is licensed to carry, if you can carry on the campus of the elementary school, middle school, high school, if you're a school marshal or something of that nature, and you can carry inside the school, then your job is to make sure that you stop the threat and holster that gun. You don't pull the gun out at all. Unless you see a threat, once you see the threat, you stop the threat, holster that gun, hands off, start administering first aid. So when the police do arrive, they don't see you with the gun in your hand. So there's no need to give a list of names. No one should know who can carry because I think that list can get into the hands of the wrong people. And what are you guys' thoughts on that? Anybody? No? I've got a question about the bill that was expediating the process to get a handgun license. Okay. How do they know if someone is, you know, how do you prove that you're in fear for your life? Mm. So if you're, let's see, <sighs> if there's a, I, I don't know, yeah, I don't know, to be honest with you, that's a good one. So uh, one thing I can think of, if there's a 911 call or there's some type of case there that's pending, they're checking into. If you have like an active restraining order, maybe. Right, and a restraining order, yeah, that would do it. Um some type type of protective order, then I can see in, see it in that case for sure. Outside of that, I don't know. Yeah. Anything else? So it's, a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff, some good stuff, you know, that we're working on. Um, like I said, some of that stuff we got to kill. Some 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 good stuff. I think finally we're we're actually getting to the point where we're doing some cleanup work and <clears throat> trying to help people a little bit that are you know that need the help and so they can actually take the steps you know in their own hands to really kind of help themselves and I, th I think that's a good good way to go for texas and I, I think we're doing great there um what else is going on out there what's happening out there zach in the world in the world there's a lot happening in the world right now what's happened this week go for it 
What's going on in Wilco? That sheriff? Yeah, the sheriff's commander. Ooh, that's a lot to talk about. Man, we don't have time. We got two minutes left. Uh, so the uh, Williamson County Sheriff's commander doing a staff meeting challenged his deputies to have sex with a live PD television show producer, according to a grievance filed last week. And man, so and I think Sheriff Chody will do the right thing. I think he'll, you know, he'll take a look at this and he'll do the thing that he whatever he needs to do to rectify this situation. Uh, so I actually have a little faith in Sheriff Chody. Um, <clears throat> bad side of this, you know, this guy came from the Austin Police Department. Um, and so from the same group of people, you know, that are getting fired, you know, from that department. So yeah, that's a bad side of it. But we'll see what happens. I, I'm definitely I'm confident that Sheriff Chody would do the right thing because he's a he's a good sheriff. What else is going on out there? Uh, gun ownership is rising across Europe. You guys hear about that? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Gun use surges in Europe where firearms are rare. So a lot of Europeans are saying, you know what? Maybe more guns do equal less crime. What's the uh, underlying reason for that? Uh, well, I guess they figured out that, out, you know, less guns don't equal less crime. <laughs> the, so I do know that the, the murder rate in London eclipsed that of New York City. And they are now talking about banning knives in London. Oh, they Maybe they already have. Well, they, they already have. They, they even okay. have these knife collection bins where you can go drop off your knives. And uh, like one of them got yeah. broken into. What about, what about steak knives, knives? Butter knives? Are they taking every... I mean, that's that's such a... What a bunch of idiots. Yeah. And did you hear about the uh, security officer at the La Quinta Inn in Austin? Oh, she got fired. Yeah, she got <laughs> fired. She sure did. Like, look here. Number one, security officer, you know, she should have had her gun with her. That's one thing. You know, the, you, you're sitting there giving a statement to the press about, oh, I had to go to my vehicle and get my gun because I left my gun in the vehicle. You're the security officer. Are you serious right now? <laughs> really? You know, and, and, and then the, the, I mean, she just gave whatever answers. I that mean, was a terrible interview. It was terrible. They, they, they asked questions and she gave all the answers. <laughs> you know, you ever heard of, you have a right to remain silent? You know, how about don't talk to the press? You know, Lead the fifth. Yeah, because you're you're representing your company, the security company. You're representing the customer herself. Oh my! She's representing goodness. herself in a very bad way, mind you. And so she was fired because <laughs> she talked too much and she wasn't carrying a gun like she's supposed to, <laughs> and admitted that on camera. The security guard, wow, not carrying a gun, and someone was shot and killed. Go figure that out. As always, more guns equals less crime. You go out there and you buy yourself a gun. You were listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.